Welcome to the ABCs of Matresses. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie, and we both have toddler age boys. And here on our podcast, we chat all things real motherhood from A to Z and everything in between. Matrescence is the process of becoming a mother, and that is what we bring to you each and every episode. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for hanging out with us, guys. Happy, I'm like, happy Monday. I'm like, who knows when y'all will be listening to this. Probably when it comes out on a Thursday, not a Monday. Not a Monday, but it is Monday. How was your Monday? Was it a good Monday? Yeah, it's, it, it's funny though. I do have this like, oh my gosh, I said earlier, I was like, oh my gosh, it's been a long week. And my husband was like, you know, it's Monday, right? And this is at like three o'clock on a Monday. Did you say that? Did you say that like I at know. noon? Yeah. And I'm like, it's not, I didn't even have a bad day. It is interesting since all the COVID stuff started and I got so used to it. I know I'm not alone in this, like the pace of life being so much slower. It's mm-hmm. like when we actually do have activities, it just almost feels more exhausting or like, wow, we had such a busy day. And my busy day just included, I did work this morning. So I trained a couple of clients and then I had to run home. Owen had his 18 month well visit. So Good I did kind of though, I know oh he's going to be two before I know it. I can't even think about it. Makes me, makes me want to cry. It but so I just do a quick like turnaround. Just planning his one year birthday party. I That's what I, it's just bizarre. It literally feels like that to me. I constantly tell people that like, you don't notice the like, how quickly time passes until you have a child and you see how different they are and how quickly life moves because you're watching them grow and change. And so six months in our life is nothing. But when I look at who he was at 12 months versus 18 months, it's like a different human being. It's just so wild. I know. It really is. It does go fast. I mean, it's like we know it goes fast, but then when you're actually in it, you realize, or another COVID thing, It's the fact that Emerson hasn't seen my parents or my in-laws in, I mean, since February. So, like, you think about that, you're like, wow. Like, if I look back at pictures of him from, that was, like, his one year until now, like, I mean, he's a different kiddo. He looks like a little boy now. It it just is so wild to me. Yeah, my in-laws haven't seen Owen since his first birthday. And so, yeah, I I feel bad. February, too, of course. No, wait. January. Jan- oh, January end of January. Boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is. Yep. End of, he I was going to be a February boy, right? He was supposed to be, but, you know, he was early bird. He had to be eager beaver to get out and <laughs> conquer the world. So, anyway, how's your Monday been? Pretty good. Yeah, not really a whole lot to what report. What did you do today, Mackenzie? Oh, my gosh. You want to <laughs> share what you did today? Calling me out in podcast land. Oh, oh boy. yeah. Okay, well, I'll start with our first thing of the day. It was hundred, almost 100 degrees today, so... We went on a walk bright and early, and it was, I mean, it was like a sweaty fest, but it was worth it because it was great to get out, and Emerson was thrilled because he got to see a digger and a police car, and the policeman Ooh. came out and talked to him, and oh my gosh, he was like starstruck. It was really cute. Then after that, I had an appointment with my OB, and this is not a pregnancy confessional if anyone's like, oh my gosh, yay, no, 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 no. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is not that. So I got to back it up a little bit. So starting last Wednesday, five days ago, I started getting some really intense like pelvic pain. And I, I have a high p- pain tolerance, at least so I thought. But it was just, it felt weird. It kind of threw me off. It came felt like it came out of nowhere. And I was just really confused. It continued all day Thursday. I was asking my husband about it. He's like, well, are you having, he runs through his doctor list of other symptoms. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He's like, well, honey, I just really think it's going to be fine. I'm like, it's not fine. I don't feel good. So Thursday happened. Friday, still in the morning, I was having the pain. And I was like, look, I'm just going to call my OB. So I called and she just scheduled an ultrasound because that's what they do. So I had an ultrasound, a pelvic and um, transvaginal ultrasound on Friday, which Let's point out, Emma, what was your comment to that? You said, oh, look, Mackenzie, you get some time away from the baby just to relax and chill. This is this is motherhood, right? When a transvaginal oh, yeah. ultrasound is a break. You're like, get my nails done, get a transvaginal ultrasound. What? Same thing. Totally. <laughs> so well, what did your husband say? Like, have fun, honey. Yeah, he, was like, he was like, yeah, he goes, enjoy, take your time. And it's like, I feel like what he means is like, don't like rush back. I've got things handled here, but I'm like, oh, honey, I'm going to enjoy that transvaginal ultrasound. That's going to be great. Hey, like, come on. No judgment if you do, man. <laughs> to each his own. To each his own. Oh, gosh. It's the worst. Well, you know. It is. It oh, is. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's just, and it's like they have to like really, you know, like to find, well, in the case of like seeing a reproductive endocrinologist, it'd be seeing the follicles. Mine was like, she was trying to get in every corner of yeah, my Yeah, they're pelvis, like pressing so. down mm. on you and yeah, oh. it's, it's not yeah. fun. So, 
Anyway, so I got that done and then the pain kind of just started to subside a little bit on Saturday and by midday Saturday was like basically gone. So I'm like, that was weird. That's a little bizarre, you know, and then, okay, weekend goes by and, um, and, oh, and mind you, I'm kind of reflecting a little bit. I'm like, what what could this possibly be? And I'm noticing, I mean, well, we're a little TMI on here anyway, so I'll just go ahead and say the word cervical mucus. So I'm observing that like there are some changes going on there that I haven't seen since, you know, prior to pregnancy. And I'm like, that's kind of strange too. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, (laughs) could this potentially be ovulation? So they, of course, schedule a follow-up with my OB. I go and see her today. I describe all the symptoms, describe everything. She's like, well, your ultrasound was perfectly normal. I'm like, really? She's like, yep, totally normal. She goes, I'm going to go ahead and call it. It's ovulation. <laughs> like, So here I, okay, when I told my sister this story, by the way, she like lost it. She was like, wait, I'm glad she did because I did too. When I was messaging you, I was like, I'm pretty sure you just went and got an ultrasound for For ovulation. ovulation. And okay, my sister was like, wait a second, Mackenzie, like, is this for real? She was like, literally like we were on FaceTime too. So like I actually saw her jaw drop like three times in a row, which was awesome. But the funniest thing is that, okay, so I went and got an ultrasound. I had like a natural vaginal birth. Like I didn't even have an epidural. And yet (laughs) my ovulation pains are... Well, actually, though, let's be careful and not call it quite yet that. Like, the jury's still out. we got to make sure my period comes. So if it does, then we will know what the culprit was. Otherwise, who knows? But as I said to you earlier, Emma, this is probably a dinosaur-sized egg. I'm going to give you a hard time for a while because I won't lie. That's pretty hilarious. I mean, you are normally very laid back and calm and collected and not one to, you know, go from zero to six. You're right. That describes me to a T. (laughs) Just cool as a cucumber. And yet here, there was a little bit of drama, a little little (laughs) panic. I'm just totally shocked. It's just too much. So I wonder if your doctor, your husband being a doctor isn't like, Mackenzie, really? he was he was like it's a little overboard but he, i think he's also kind of realized like that if i get concerned about something or kind of get something in my head it's best just to let it run its course oh yeah so he's a smart man let, really let the is. crazy play out yep. let you let you be crazy <laughs> however you need off. to yep. better to send you to another doctor to, to <laughs> harass him smart man Oh, that's so good. I hope he listens to this part of the episode. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to well. tune in and Emma was really funny. And I mean, but- if I had to guess, this isn't his first round of mckenzie has Gone Crazy. So I think he's no. probably learned no, how no. to best handle and assess and diagnose the situation. <laughs> Yep. I mean, anytime, like he says this, the clock straight strikes 9 p.m. If I say anything that's like a little bit ludicrous, he's like, and okay. Like he won't even talk about it. He won't even like entertain the conversation. That's, he's like, okay. I knew I liked him. He's wise. Well, I'm but, glad you are feeling better. That is yes. number one. I hope your period comes. That would Me be too. amazing. Because that would be cool. And that'll be like, if yeah. it does come, I feel like it'll be fun to obviously share about that because it would be, I mean, it would be great, you know, obviously. What I else do people talk surprised. about on a podcast than vaginal ultrasounds, cervical mucus, and your period starting all within the first 10 minutes? I know. <laughs> this so. is, it's, yep, Congrats. we're not even at 10 minutes. So welcome. Nope. Well, welcome yeah. to the ABCs of a trust. This, is your, glad you're here. this <laughs> is your first episode. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, do not pass code. Do not collect 200. But really, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that was my, uh, my very exciting event of the last five days. But, wow, uh, good. Tell us a little bit more about the pediatrician today, Emma. Yeah, it was good. We It was the first time we've been since 12 months, so we skipped the 15-month appointment. It was just kind of at the beginning of lockdown and just seemed like, eh, I don't think we really want to do this right now. And Didn't, didn't really you guys do re- virtual? Yeah, we did like a little telemed. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's what so, I thought, yeah. But we didn't have any problems or concerns, so it was fine. So anyway, we caught up today, and it was good. They went through all the basics, and he is healthy little bug I felt so bad he was definitely you can tell he just has not been out and around people very much and I think the mask thing made him oh, feel like Emerson weird. was the same way yeah yeah he just months. felt very very oh. uneasy and mm-hmm. oh my gosh she picked him up just to look at him and he lost his mind like oh. lost his mind I felt so and it's so much almost harder now that he's older because it's like when a baby I don't know there's something about babies just cry in a different way but now when he does like i feel like i feel his pain and emotion and like reasoning behind it 
in a different way. So yeah. obviously he was fine. Um, and mom, mom might have probably cried more than him. So this is my confessional of the day that Mackenzie got to make fun of me for. So I have multiple times cried at his appointments because I cannot handle him getting a shot, which is hilarious because I don't cry very much. Like I'm, I'm not a crier. That is, um, yeah, I'm pretty tough. I have also given myself tons of shots doing, you know, all the fertility stuff. So I'm not afraid of shots. But there is something about them doing it to him. I cannot handle it. And I feel so terrible because I'm sure that isn't helpful to him when he can, like, feel mom being, like, tightening up and freaking out. But today, I literally got teary-eyed. And he made one little, like, oop, and moved on with his day. And I'm sitting there about to have a meltdown. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that was my fun adventures at the pediatrician. Well, I'm so glad that he was okay. And I, I, I know it, it's, he was fine. It is. The crying gets – so in some ways it gets, I would say, a little bit better in general because I, I when I know he's okay, I can literally be like, buddy, you're okay, right? In my mind even. Like, if you know, they wake well, up from like a nap. Well, it's like when it's a toddler but, tantrum of like, yes. you know, I'm not giving you this that you want. Like, I, I don't even blink about that because that's just – like, he's frustrated. He's fine. But, like, today was just this really sad, like, I'm scared. I don't know what's going on. Mommy, hold me. And it was just, yeah. So it was sad. I mean, obviously I knew he was fine, but yeah, it's, but it was all yeah. good. So we made it through. Now he did have a pretty bad nap, waking up three times crying, which oh, is very unusual. I didn't know so it was three. You mentioned yeah, two. Um, yeah, three. So I'm feeling a little nervous about bedtime, but I tossed the monitor at dad and said, well, for the next hour or so, that's all you. So I hope we don't get a bad night's sleep. Did you guys do any Tylenol or Motrin? I didn't because he just seemed fine all afternoon. Like he really seemed totally fine mood wise. He had no fever. So I thought about it, but it, you know, I just, I didn't have any reason to do it really other than like, I mean, preemptive, which again, that would have been fine, but I just felt like, eh, we'll, we'll give it a go without. And truthfully, if he wakes up once, like just a little, yeah, Yeah. like he, you know, it's not the end of the world. Shots happen. So anyway. Yep. That was our exciting Mondays. Aren't you guys glad you got to uh, yeah. hear about ultrasounds and pediatricians? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, living you, the life. If you aren't having those two events on a Monday, what really are you doing with your, with your day? The rest of the week <laughs> is just going to be so boring. <laughs> so, oh, anyway, gosh. well, we do actually have other things to talk about today. So, we thought we would do a fun little topic. Well, I, so we're just going to keep with the TMI train, probably. So, just be warned there will be more. Yeah. Yep, there will be lots of talk of bodily fluids and all sorts of, you know, weird. But that's why we want to talk about it. So we really want to talk about some of the realities of kind of the pre- and postpartum time that I feel like I didn't know a lot about or I sure haven't heard women talk about a lot. Same, same. So I will jump in with the first. So we'll start with pregnancy and I'll jump in with the first thing that I really was was not prepared for. So this happens differently for every woman. Every woman can have a different experience, but I gained weight initially a lot right away. So basically the second I found out I was pregnant, I felt like I gained, and I, again, I don't know because I did blind weigh-ins, but it was, I mean, I, I, I feel like I gained half of the weight I gained the whole pregnancy in that first trimester. So you hear women that I didn't gain a pound or even lost weight. And that was definitely not my story and not what happened to me. So I feel like it's important to mention that because if somebody finds themselves in the first trimester, like you feel really nauseous, but food's the only thing that actually makes you feel better as it was for me. And you're trying to eat all the things, but you absolutely cannot handle the sight of a vegetable or even fruits at at times, you know, and you're trying, you know, to do your best, but you know, you end up eating a lot of bagels. I think it's just really normal. And I just want to throw that one out there. So that could happen to you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. See, and that was not actually my experience, but it just goes to show, like, I think the body does what it needs to do. So, um, yeah, I think what we both also have talked about is, you know, I think when I got pregnant, I definitely had that idea in my head of what I would look like. And I was just going to be this cute little, you know, look exactly the same, but with this little bump in the front. Mm-hmm. And you go through different stages and like your you body do. changes and it kind of does what it what it needs to do. And that may not be looking, you know, stick thin like, you know, celebrities with a big old bump. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a little bit of a shock that maybe that's not how how it went for me. And especially I really struggled a lot during those uh, like I don't know, two months to five months stage where it was like I knew I was pregnant. Even a lot of people knew I was pregnant, 
but it kind of just looked like I had eaten too many bagels that morning, which I mean, I might have, but you know, it's like totally. you go through a lot of awkward pregnancy stages that make clothes you feel, don't fit right. Yeah. Like, totally. But you don't really fit in maternity clothes either. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yeah. Because you don't have like a bump to show for it. I remember I got mm-hmm. maternity jeans around maybe 17 or 18 weeks. So basically almost at the five month mark. And I just remember like, okay, like they fit if you will, kind of, but like they, it's, it's still like, I couldn't wear my normal yeah. jeans. The maternity jeans were kind of eh. And I was, you know, just, you feel like you're always in that kind of in between for totally that time frame, like two to five months is for sure. I would agree. Yeah. And then yeah. I feel like you have a sweet spot for a couple months and then you get on the bigger side and you're like, whoa, wait mm-hmm. a minute. I can't possibly keep getting bigger. And in bigger in different places. You know, my butt got bigger. My hips got wider. My arms, like, you know, everything. Same. It's not just like perfect, even distribution. You know, some people gained a lot of weight in their face. Some, you know, it's just, it's all different. And I do think it is really hard to um, not necessarily look like the vision you had in your head of what you would be pregnant. So, No, that's such a good point, too. Definitely, I felt that the weight gain and my, my boobs got really big right away and, you know, continued to, to stay big throughout my pregnancy and yeah, gaining weight in my arms. Like, I mean, I felt it literally everywhere and you're kind of like, it's, it's, you know, it's normal. Your body's just doing what it needs to do for you and for your pregnancy, but it can definitely be a little bit of like a mind game sometimes to be like, whoa, you know, it yep, is, it's, totally. it's just a whole new experience. So yep. How about you? another thing I would say is truly just comments from everybody all the time. You know, whether it was a coworker, I had one coworker ask me on like four different occasions, how much weight have you gained? And every single time I give the same Isn't answer. Isn't it amazing that people ask you that? I had so many people ask me that. Yeah. And I'm like, in what world mm-hmm. is that okay? Like I would never in a million years Not ask, in a million years. I would never ask anybody regardless pregnant or not. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I'm like, you're also hormonal. Like you are feeling insecure about your body. So why is it more likely people to ask you that question then? I, I just don't get it. So and true. especially just, I mean, just kind of being sensitive about it. Like I know yeah. that, you know, and, for, and also everybody has such a different experience too. So like if I were to sit here and say, I gained X amount, Emma gained X amount, like that, that's almost like pointless information to provide because. Well, and if you had asked both of us that at 20 weeks, we probably would have had drastically different drastically. answers, even if we ended up in a general same range, you know, mm-hmm. because totally. I did gain weight slower, probably the entire first half of my pregnancy. And I really put on the majority of it the second half. So, you know, everybody's different. I posted, you know, this week about a piece of marriage advice that was given to me as an example of something I did hang on to. And that was keep dating each other even after you're married. And I'm like, that is really good. And that's something I can actually apply. So that kind of advice related to parenting, et cetera, can be helpful. However, some things like as we will cover. Don't ever comment on the body. The body and unless we'll you're cover, just saying you look beautiful that's and, fine so true yeah so you look beautiful but I know we're going to talk about this more in a couple of weeks when we release our sleep episode but honestly like people sleep when the baby sleeps like okay you know like actually what was worse oh. to me was people telling me well enjoy your sleep now because you won't get oh. it like those kind of oh. comments are just obnoxious to me and so and also I slept horribly when I was pregnant I could never get comfortable like especially the last couple of months. So yeah, no, it wasn't. Wait, really? It wasn't you helpful. did. Oh, I slept terribly. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yep. I was. I had I a lot was, of hip pain. I was pain. a rock. Oh really? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. No, I slept really, really poorly. I had to get up at the bathroom four or five times a night. Um, I would yeah, say, especially too, the last six true. weeks or so of pregnancy, I slept really badly. I had some insomnia even. Like, there was nights I'd oh, just insomnia. get up in the middle of the night and go watch TV for two or three hours. So, yeah, people telling me, enjoy my sleep now made me want to punch them in the face. Maybe well, see, that's honest. even another actually interesting thing to point out if, if, to our listeners who are currently experiencing pregnancy or thinking about getting pregnant, et cetera, is that I actually had absolutely zero insomnia. The only night I had insomnia wasn't even insomnia. It was because I laid in bed laboring for an oh. hour until I went to count my contractions. Definitely not the same thing. Yeah. I know. it's. But wild. see, I'm prone to insomnia. Like, I've never been a mm. great sleeper. So, okay. it you know, it probably doesn't surprise me that much. But, yes, yeah, just comments. You know, you have to decide as, as you perfectly said like what to throw away what to completely ignore now there was a few times where I had some male clients that always wanted to make a comment on my body there there were some times I might have thrown some attitude back or you know given a good eye roll and just walked away because I actually do think people need to really 
think through what they say to somebody because mm-hmm. it, it, you know, you catch me on the wrong day, the wrong time. And that stuff really did get to me. So no. And especially it, even, even a compliment too. Like I think if, if you know the person pretty intimately and it's like appropriate for you to comment on, for example, you look really great or something like that. I mean, I think that that, that can be very appropriate, but other kind of comments like, oh, wow, like, you know, all you see is is the bump or this, that, and the other. It makes the focus so much on the mom's physical body. See, and I got to- that a lot. And I think it's because I work in the fitness space. It and so yeah. everybody comments on everybody's body. Like, it feels very just open to, mm-hmm. you know, commentary. And so I got a lot of that. And I won't lie, from being somebody with a history of disordered eating, that made me feel pressure to stay that way. It made me feel very pressured to like, I had to look like I only had this tiny little bump and not gain weight anywhere else. And it, it took some time for me kind of mentally work through, like, I need to not care about what other people have, you know, an expectation on what my body's going to do. I just need to let it do what it needs to do. So that's why, yeah, it's, it's good to just not comment on people's body and unless yes, it's just say you look wonderful today. (laughs) <laughs> or 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 how about this ask a question how are you feeling in your pregnancy That's even better or what are you looking forward to or what has been challenging for you yep. or you know what are you and your insert significant other here planning to do during the first couple weeks after the baby arrives something like that's actually yep. meaningful and thoughtful and will evoke a response not an eye yep. roll so anyway we could yep. go on a body image rant for a while there so <laughs> next <laughs> um did you have another one to share I have a, I have a I, TMI one. Yeah, well, I, I've already mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I'll mention it now just because, you know, who knows? I My boobs started leaking at like 30 weeks or 31 weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had zero idea that that was even remotely a possibility. I was in the shower one day and it's like colostrum. Mm-hmm. So like I'm like scrubbing or something. I look down. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? Because I also honestly had in my head like milk. It's white. I uh, I hadn't yeah. really read that much about breastfeeding at that point because I was still, you know, I still had 10 weeks to go or something. Um, so, yeah, just be warned. That can happen. It's traumatizing. My yeah. husband thought it was hilarious, but I thought it was traumatizing. So Well, it's crazy how, like, I actually never had that at all, like, until yeah. my milk came yep. in. Oh, and it's that's another different. thing to throw out there. Your milk can come in at different times. My milk came in, like, full force within about 36 hours. Some people can take four or five days. So, yep. You never know. But I would say the other thing to, that I experienced, it was just really unpleasant, was a lot of vaginal discharge during my pregnancy. See, and like, I didn't really have that. So. Yeah, like I always wanted to, to wear a panty liner. Like I often felt like, you know, you just kind of feel like almost that feeling of when you're on your period, you know, when you can like actually kind of feel like, oh, I better just run to the restroom and make sure everything's okay. Yep. Um, it had like, was that occasionally that feeling for me? And yeah, it was very, very unpleasant. Um, never like, honestly, not unpleasant in the sense of just, I mean, just having to wear panty liners, there wasn't ever any like infection or anything of that nature. Um, but yeah, that was just, and I heard that can happen and I, that happened to me. So it's kind of wild, but lucky you. I know. Lucky me. So, mm. yep. That was another one. Yep. But uh, anything else in pregnancy? Um, oh, one other thing to share is I would say, it seems like everybody kind of has a different experience in pregnancy with their sex life. I'm sorry. So. What? <laughs> there, that existed in pregnancy? No, <laughs> Well, I'm kidding. (laughs) That's where I'm going with it. So the first time when I was very first pregnant, very, very beginning, we did have sex and I spotted, which is apparently very typical just because I had the the, exact same. And it, but it made us both very nervous, especially me. I think my husband knew from kind of a medical standpoint what was going on, but like, I think a little part of him too. I mean, at the end of the day, he was, you know, we knew how hard we had, we had been working for the pregnancy, et cetera. So that definitely put us on, you know, and then I had a cyst from, um, from one of the medications that I was taking to get pregnant. So then there that was another like, okay, several weeks. And then I think we tried again and I had some cramping. And so again, we were like, ooh. And then again, we tried, this is now like, we're now in second trimester and I had a little bit of spotting again. And I think after that, we were both just like, okay. <laughs> so yep. yep, for us, it was definitely just, just to kind of normalize that. I mean, there are some people that continue having a very normal sex life in pregnancy. And I feel like now knowing a little bit more about the fact that every single time those spotting episodes were completely normal, it was fine. I do feel like, you know, it would be if, if I had a second pregnancy, I think I might be a little bit more willing to to dive in. But at the same time, I can't say that my sex drive was super high, so it was not disappointing. 
Yeah, my experience wasn't too different. I had spotting several times as well, and okay. we only had sex, I think, one time in the first trimester, and I spotted, and it, it was a decent bit, and we had had a previous miscarriage, so mm. that really freaked me out. I actually went to the doctor, and oh, yada, yada, yada. Okay. And so I just, we both took that off the table, and then I'd say... Honestly, after maybe like 20 weeks, we went through like a little stage where I felt good. We felt good in the, you know, pregnancy being um, safe. And so we, we had a little streak there for a second before I got too big. But truth talk, once Owen started moving and you could like really visibly see it from the outside, mm. it just felt like three was a crowd. And <laughs> Like, that's kind of how I felt about it. And my husband felt the same. And he was very, like, he thought it was very attractive during pregnancy. Like, he made that comment, honestly, multiple times of, like, I'm really into it. Like, I think you look hot. Uh, he loved it. And I was very appreciative about that. He always made me feel very beautiful. Mm, but, yeah, once. Very important. Yeah, it was really great. He's he's wonderful. But, um, yeah, once Owen was just, like, really moving around a ton, it just felt weird. So we, we had sex, actually, one time, uh, two days before he came. So, you know, maybe the uh, wife's tales are true and that hey, yeah, that might have kick-started something. So okay, it was my well, husband's birthday, so I threw him, threw him a bone. That sounds inappropriate. but sex. That's exactly what it was, to be honest. I was like, God, I know it's been a minute, and I know the baby's coming, and therefore it's going to be a little while. So, yeah, we, we had one last go-round, and he got a delayed birthday present. So, well, hey, there you go. Yeah, happy birthday yeah. <laughs> so, yep lucky you oh my so. gosh i love it well yeah oh, well then yet again two different experiences and... two different experiences yep yeah so postpartum i guess the biggest thing about it is there's so much focus on the pregnancy and the birth i feel like in my mind it was like pregnancy it was like pregnancy birth postpartum like you know like the focus that, that. that was a good uh <laughs> voice demonstration of your mental process well we're working with a podcast so folks can't see my face i know i appreciate it so but yeah that's that's how it was so i mean one of the things postpartum is cramps when you're initially nursing like your uterus is contracting so i had no idea about that oh yeah no that was crazy and then how they pushed on my stomach after birth you didn't have see they they didn't really do that to me that's what's interesting i felt like they were pushing out my intestines it was so i mean i had heard about that on the birth hour listing again that was beneficial to listen to but mm-hmm. they didn't Very, really yeah. push on me thankfully well i wonder if it's also because once they're i mean once the baby comes out they probably know a little bit what they're looking for to come out with the placenta so maybe it's possible that not everything did and whatnot so they wanted they to lightly touched on it but I, I wonder if maybe they were just like it's contracting on its own like maybe it had just already gone down to their satisfaction level but you know what's interesting that i also hear though is that they get worse with every subsequent pregnancy so I hear those, yeah, the, the second baby, they are more intense. and But I had no idea that, like, I basically had to have contractions again after I already had the baby. Yeah. No, that was that. That for was sure. unfun. But and it only lasted, what, a couple days, maybe? The cramps yeah. when nursing? Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy, too, because when it started to lighten up, like, when it wasn't, like, horrible, but it was just noticeable, it was kind of, like, fascinating how you would actually be breastfeeding and feeling the cramps, like, yep. simultaneously. It was very rare. So. Yeah. So that was something I didn't know. Um, let's see what else. I guess like the intensity of the whole birth experience, and Preach. to me, that was. I actually struggled a little bit with like this. I feel like this sounds like selfish or something like that, but yeah, there was a lot of attention on you when you're pregnant, and it's like mm-hmm. you're doted on. You know, everybody's opening doors for you, and how are you feeling, and this and that. And I did kind of feel like. As soon as the baby was out, it was just like, oh, the baby, the baby. And I was like, I just pushed a human out. Like, I just, like, did this amazing experience. And I kind of feel like nobody asked how I was doing or nobody asked about my experience. Or I almost just really needed somebody to, like, talk through that experience with in detail. Like, a friend. And next time I'll just call you and you'll listen to all of my ramblings about the birth experience. But, yeah, it's almost like you just need to, like, decompress from it in a 
in a different way. So you do. And it's hard when you're in the hospital, those initial, you know, hours and days, because there's, you know, the, they're coming by to check, you know, your vitals and the baby's vitals. And there's a lot of, you know, people coming in and out. It feels like a revolving door to some extent, not even with visitors. The only people we had visit us, it was very few, um, just, um, one friend and, and my parents. So it wasn't a lot, but Still, you know, there's just a lot going on and there isn't that time really to decompress and you're way too exhausted to like process everything and so is your significant other. So it, it is. Yep. It's just really, 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 really intense. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Um, overly packing for the hospital stay. I would say that I, you know, I kind of packed, like I really thought about it. I wanted to have every single thing and, you know, you wear the gown they give you. You wear the disposable diapers they give you. You basically I wore just- my own gown. Thank you. Oh, you did? You know, my I one did. of my really good friends did that too, and she loved doing that. Yep, I loved it. I yeah, I just picked oh. something that was just super simple, and um, yeah, it was it was cozy and comfy, and I I liked it. So oh, good to know. That's actually really good to know because I didn't, and mm-hmm. I was totally okay with the hospital stuff. But in hindsight, you know. like or you know, after going through the experience, I don't think I actually would have cared one way or the other. But I had it. Mm, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. No, it's nice to have. My husband he happens to moonlight um, occasionally at the women and infant hospital and so he was the one that just kind of told me like you know how it works and he was like no like the the gowns they give you and everything like you know, you'll like them they, they seem comfortable I'm like okay <laughs> yeah and I realize you're not wearing them honey but thank you <laughs> um but yeah no just I packed a lot I mean the one thing that was nice to have was like my own shampoo I did wash my hair and that kind of stuff but I was there for a little longer than you were there Emma so. yeah I was only there just over 24 hours I we packed I'm not kidding I think I had three bags and oh, wow you really overpacked I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was intense. I mean, because we also had all this stuff like we were going to have this big birthing process and, you know, he oh. had the the mm-hmm. tennis balls on my back and I don't know. There's all sorts of weird stuff we packed and I didn't use any of that stuff. I mean, even half of Owen's stuff. I packed all these outfits and I brought Same. my own swaddle yep. blankets and I didn't uh-huh. use like any of that stuff. No, it just, stuff. it didn't yeah. matter. We brought pillows. We brought the boppy. Oh, wow. We brought, and I didn't use any of that. We, yeah, it was intense. I'll be honest. The only important things that I, I packed that I did use was, um, let's see. Basic like, toiletries. Yeah. Right? Basic like toiletries. It was yeah. also nice to have stuff to like do my hair and put on some mm-hmm. makeup and like feel, and I, you know, that's not something I'm huge about, but it felt nice. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest thing was snacks because, and oh, I brought yeah. some like drinks mm-hmm. because Coconut I was starving. And I mean, mm-hmm. the, actually our hospital food was terrible, so I didn't really eat much of that. But even just having like a couple meals a day that they brought, like I was starving in between. So yeah. No, no totally. Snacks. Yeah, our hospital food actually wasn't too bad, and they have, like, a little cafe, too, that's, like, a au bon pain. It's, like, a little, like, kind of like a Panera vibe. And yeah. so there was, there you know, honestly, the, the food options weren't bad, but totally hear you on the snacks. And immediately after birth, I was like, give me that banana. I think I had a banana and peanut butter, and it was epic. Yep, I brought some of that, too. So, yep, bring your so. snacks. Ditch all the other stuff. The hospital has it covered. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, so, you know, I, I think this is becoming more commonly talked about, but mm-hmm. you bleed a lot. After a having lot. a baby for a while. Like, uh-huh. it's not a couple of days. No. Nope. Do you remember how long you bled? I experienced, you know, the first couple of days. Well, okay, let's just back this up. The first time using the restroom after giving birth, like, I, I literally was like, well, my life's ending. I'll just die here in this small bathroom. Like, oh, you're yeah. like, and I had, there was a nurse there to help me. Thank heavens she was there. You know, you're trying to change, you're trying to take off the, uh, well, actually, no, at that point, I don't think I was wearing the underwear yet because I had just like been like, gone into the room I don't even remember if I walked there maybe they wheeled me in there I think they wheel you in but standing up for the first time I mean we're talking like blood on your legs like you're trying to pee there's blood on the toilet seat like it's just you just are like what just happened and your stomach is so big and squishy and it's just a wild experience and then your brand new baby is in the other room like it's just nuts but I think that you know that kind of initial like a lot of the bleeding within the first 48 72 hours like it was less but then I was still doing all of the things, you know, the witch hazel pads, the cooling packs, and the peri bottle, and all that for, oh gosh, a solid, solid couple of weeks. And then I still was using my peri bottle for, I used it for a full month because it's that little squirt bottle. Because I really just loved how it made me feel much more fresh. Yes, it you felt know, like every time I pee. Yeah, it felt nice. It felt mm-hmm. real, like cooling and yeah. And then I started, so I, I took it really, really easy with exercise. And so like around like the three week mark, I believe we went on a walk. That was actually the first time we like went on a walk. And I started bleeding a little more again from that. So I had to be like just conscious of like once we started, you know, kind of picking up a little bit of the pace per se, 
um, that that could also increase my bleeding. So I would say that I had very light spotting to like maybe five weeks. Oh, I think I bled for at least four weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely decreased. I'd say two weeks were like heavy. And like, I also, I called a nurse in while we were in the hospital to the bathroom to look because I was having such big clots. I was like, I'm dying. Uh. Like, this can't be normal. And she just remember her being like, oh, no, that's just golf ball size. If it's more than softball, I'd be concerned. And I'm like, what? You know, that, yeah, anyway, blew see, my mind. Okay, but see, this is what's crazy. I never experienced that, but they pushed those out of me. When they pushed on my stomach, that's what came out. I I wore adult diapers more than the pads. They were far more comfortable. I didn't like oh. dealing with the pads. I didn't like the mesh things. So I, thanks to a tip from my good friend Katie, she told me to buy Depends, and I did, and I will do so again. I just found it to be way easier than dealing with pads. Um, yeah, mm. so it was a lifesaver, and I definitely, I'd say heavy bleeding, like almost like a heavy period was for a good couple weeks, and then each week it just lessened and lessened, um, but it did absolutely increase with exercise, which I mean, obviously all I did was walking, but it was humbling to me that when I went on my first walk, maybe a quarter of a mile, how much the bleeding picked up. So I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, mm-hmm. time to slow your roll. So anyway. This is, again, I feel like being more and more normalized in our society now, thankfully, but I didn't look like Kate Middleton, and um, and that's okay. Yep. And you might not leave, totally. and not, might not either, and that's okay too. So We posted a picture of ourselves once, and my stomach went down, I think, much quicker oh, than yes. yours did. Much quicker. And, yeah, and that's just how people are. Everybody's different. Yep. Some people, you know, still look six months pregnant for a week or two. Um, and, you know, mine drastically went down, quite frankly, after just a couple of days. So everybody's mm-hmm. very, very different. But by went down, I mean my stomach still just felt like complete mush so mm-hmm. but yeah but like as yeah. far yeah like but like visually us, like the visually, outside yeah yep mm-hmm. in, totally. in clothing it looked like it was yeah mm-hmm. totally and then the crazy thing is is that you know just for whatever reason just i mean also perhaps for me lifestyle diet just like just the way things have been my stomach continued to feel like my my waist my hips everything just continued to feel thicker well through emerson's first birthday it's literally only been over the last few months where he's nursing a little bit less and all of that that I'm kind of feeling like oh this is a little bit more I guess the way things were before so like I feel like you know everyone has to you know be mindful that their personal like experience can be drastically different just depending on who you are and who your body is and you know what your lifestyle is like are you nursing are you not like what's going on with your kiddo all that stuff so yep absolutely um let's see what else do we have here boob nipple pain I mean I feel like we could just yep. leave it at that. Hashtag nipple that. pain. Don't be surprised. It's, it's intense. Um, yeah. For those first period, I leaked a lot. I woke up multiple oh. times thinking I did not need pads. And I remember I was so happy to be able to sleep on my stomach. I love sleeping on my stomach. Really? And the Fun first fact. night I did it, I woke up in the middle of the night covered in milk. <gasps> covered. Yeah. It was so gross. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know I'd heard jokes about the whole like, oh, you know, a baby will cry and you'll leak. But I didn't know I would I would leak like that. So it actually, I feel like, took me a minute to get a handle on what I needed to do to uh, prevent that. So Yeah, the disposable ones are really handy. But uh, the cotton, like, or not cotton, whatever they are, the the reusable ones that you can get off yeah, of Amazon. They're better. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're better, too, and they work well. And, yeah, I actually kept leaking um, for quite some time. Well, yeah, that's because you so. have some intense uh, milk supply there, my friend. Yeah. I did not have that same intensity of supply. So, yep also a difference yep exactly um let's see postpartum i'd say the other thing is i mean i know people talk about baby blues and all that but you were absolutely an emotional overdrive my Mm -hmm. so i don't know how you were but my heightened part of that was probably days like i want to say like four through eight or something that i was after i'd had him so i would actually say for me the first three or four days i was like high like, I was really in a very blissful state. Mm-hmm. Like, ridiculous. I barely slept. Not because he wasn't sleeping, but I was so genuinely elated. Like, I didn't want to put him down. I didn't want to stop staring at him. I just was giddy. And, yeah, it was weird. It was almost an overreaction. I mean, maybe not. You just had a baby. But I really was. My husband was like, what is wrong with you? Go to sleep. But then days like four through eight or so, I was sitting there one minute, you know, happy. And then the next, I was Bawling. I started crying. I remember when he was seven days old. So I was like, I can't believe he's already a week. 
And it was just this weird mix of I just could not control my emotions and both happy Mm -hmm. and sad. Like it was a combination that I just couldn't process. So I think that emotional overdrive definitely took me off guard a little bit. Like I didn't, I didn't know it would be that intense so quickly, I guess, out of nowhere. Same. Yeah. I remember my parents left, um, Rhode Island when I was like maybe 12 or so days postpartum and I just remember crying and crying and telling them I don't want you to leave and it was like I became like a five-year-old again Mm. so it's just funny to me yeah like I was so emotional yeah and then I think too for both of us just expectations of working out at six weeks versus reality so working out slash honestly having sex it's kind of like six weeks is the quote-unquote magic number like oh you see your OB you can get cleared you know go nuts but you're back to normal yeah, you're not back to normal. You're absolutely Voila, you've had a baby. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not. And I definitely was not back to normal in terms of core or anything. I remember I ran to Pure Bar right away. I was so excited. I took a class. Oh, my gosh. Big mistake. I did not feel great. I didn't – like, it was just not at all – like, it was a horrible experience, but it was like, I – this is way too soon. So I remember I came home, and I was like, that was too soon, and I didn't go back again, I don't think, for till 10 weeks. So – Definitely taking my time um, in that department. And then same with sex. We didn't even attempt until I think I was 10 weeks. So, yeah, we were really around the same timeline. I I definitely had it in my head at six weeks. I was back in the gym, like mm-hmm. back to normal life. That was ridiculous. And for me, I was actually really proud of myself that I just was, I kind of put it as until I started sleeping better. I could not Mm. function. Like, there was no space for me to go back to the gym. And I was getting very, very, very little sleep at that time. So, and I just, yeah, I didn't, I felt like a zombie. It was, there was no reason to be back in the gym. I needed to take care of myself first. Um, So, no, I did not do any kind of working out until 10 weeks. And, uh, yeah, I definitely eased back into it. And it felt good once I did. But I was much more physically and mentally ready at 10, 11 weeks than I was at six weeks. And, yeah, there was no sex at six weeks. I actually, um, fun fact, ended up with a really bad stitch job. So my OB was not there when I gave birth. It was whoever was on call. And when I went, I actually went in at four weeks because um, I called my OBGYN because I was like, God, I'm just having pain that's getting worse, which was weird. It should be yeah, healing. Yeah, it should be the other way around. Yeah. yeah. And so I went in and his first reaction was, I didn't do these stitches, did I? And I was like, well, that doesn't make me feel that good. That is not what you want to hear when somebody is staring at your hoo-ha. No. And so, you know, and then he kind of backtracked and he was kind of like, it's just not the way I probably would have done these because obviously I'm sure he wasn't trying to like throw the other doctor under the bus or something. But either way, he had to um, fix some stuff. And yeah, I was physically very still uncomfortable down there for, um, I'd say at least eight weeks. But I don't know if we had sex until I don't remember exactly. 10 to 12 weeks was probably the first time. Yeah. And even then it's, I mean, it's a very, I mean, we're talking barren desert down there. That estrogen is a not to be seen. Well, listen to our previous episode, insert lube talk. Lube talk. Lube lube. Yeah. There you go. Mackenzie has great um, options available. She can send you a link. Yeah. Really DM me. (laughs) Yep. I'll hook you up. We should should add that to our Amazon links affiliate link. (laughs) I mean, I'm totally fine. We're being real. It's a public service. It's probably more helpful than another recommendation for a boppy pillow. So (laughs) yes, yes, yes. My best friend or a boppy. Don't, don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. Get some lube. lube. Yeah. Get the organic kind. Yeah. Very key. And I think just another thing to touch on with exercise and sleep in general, and you've actually been helpful reminding me of this, Emma, is that when the boys or when kiddos in general go through sleep regressions, et cetera, or sleep just sucks. You've got to be mindful of that with your body. So I know you're, you're apt to do this, Emma. If you don't have a great night, like I know you nap during, or you'll at least rest when he's napping or you'll, you know, slow down and you always remind me to do that. Or if like Emerson's up a couple times overnight, like, oh, I'm not getting up early for a workout, et cetera. Or I'll just skip the day. I think it's really important for us to remember that you know, working out is is like an, an additional tax on your body. It's a positive thing. It's great. It's healthy. But if you're already tired because of the baby not sleeping well and you're not getting yourself rested, you're not doing anything yeah. just by exercising. I would say of it. I didn't get back to my previous pre-baby like workout routine until he was probably six months. I, I went, but it was when I felt like I got enough sleep. And, you know, mm-hmm. here and there, you know, it was a few, couple times a week. It was not what I prefer, which is probably four or five times a week at least. 
And yeah, so I mean, I would say six months was when I really felt like fully back to being able to prioritize working out as a big part of my life. In the first six months were really survival mode. And it was a bonus when I, you know, was taken care of in other ways. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So anyway, suggestions, advice. What do you got? Yeah. So our final piece is we just wanted to share, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're currently pregnant or you're newly postpartum, you know, what, what kind of, obviously we shared a lot, but what are some specific takeaways and things that we would, we'd pass on? And I think for me, a really, really big one is to discuss with your partner slash support system, basically in advance, what you think you're going to need post-birth and being a, like a little bit more, I would say, like take a little time to reflect on this, like actually think about that. Does that mean your in-laws come in town the second the baby is born? Cause that's helpful for t- you, for you, or is that stressful? And do you need to suggest your significant other? that they come in town a couple weeks later, which is what we did. It wasn't that it was stressful. It was just that I knew my parents would be here already and I would rather have my parents here and focus solely on them and then have my mother-in-law come so that I could enjoy being solely with her. And I think that was the right choice to make. So like just as an example, um, also thinking about meals from friends. So our church was really cool and they did a meal sign up. So we received meals from friends and that was actually perfect because we were able to schedule them for that interim between when my parents left and before my mother-in-law arrived. So my husband and I didn't have to think about dinners those nights. It was a huge, huge blessing. And then also I I would say have in mind a little bit of what visitors can do that would be helpful for you or when can they come. So for example, I had a couple friends that really wanted to stop by and meet Emerson. And so I actually said, well, why don't you come when my mother-in-law's in town? Because you can meet Emerson you know, you can see him and then she will gladly, after I nurse him or whatever, she'll gladly hold him and spend a little time with him so that I can just, you know, chit chat with, with my friends for a half hour and have that little like catch up time. So I think you just have to think about things a little bit more thoroughly as far as what your needs are. Would yep. you, would you agree yeah, with oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Totally. I mean, I was big on, nobody was staying with us, period. Like mm-hmm. family, they're all out of town. I did not want people staying at our house. They could come visit, but, you know, I, I needed some space to not worry about hosting other people. So, yeah, it, it was figuring out. And I'll know even better the second time. And I also think the second time will be different because I will probably be saying, hey, I have an older mm-hmm. kid. Like, I need yep. I need some extra help. So I think it's okay. It's going to change from situation to situation. But, yes, just being on the same team as your partner so that you guys can be clear because you know family may try to push those boundaries just because they're excited and you know I think you just want to support each other um whatever the choices you make are so definitely absolutely and be aware of that too if it is your second or third kiddo like what can you say can you actually say great I know you want to come hold the new baby but you really could actually best help me if you take my toddler out for an ice cream for example absolutely don't be afraid to ask for what is helpful not just not just for what it's convenient for other people. So as you mentioned earlier, um, well, you mentioned take all the free stuff from the hospital. It's funny because I really didn't take anything. Like Ooh, there was nothing girl, that I really excited me. Well, I yeah, took the I mean, disposable undies. I took the the ha- witch hazel pads. I took the hemorrhoid spray they give you. I took the peri bottle. I took diapers. I took blankets. I took the little wipes they gave me. I, yeah. I see, I didn't really want all the swag. I used so much of my own stuff and we had bought so many like blankets and I mean we had a ton of diapers and I was snobby about what diapers I wanted to use too because you know all the things you said you were going to do before you were a parent and yeah so I don't know I actually didn't didn't take all the swag but I hear lots of moms say that so I will definitely yeah, my, my thoughts that. here's my thoughts take the swag if you ultimately don't use it give it to a friend who does because I used a lot of it and then I had seriously a legit chunk that I didn't use I gave it to a really good friend of mine who just had a baby and I literally got her thank you note in the mail the other day that included thank you for all of the hoo-ha care that's awesome. I actually sent, I only used half of my pack of Depends and I sent them to my friend Katie who suggested them to me when she had her second kid. So we definitely shared them. Pass it True love is sharing adult diapers. So It really is. Totally. So another one is just to have realistic slash loving slash generous expectations about how your body is going to look and feel both during pregnancy and postpartum. Just try to be kind to yourself. Even when you look in the mirror and you are quick to judge yourself or quick to feel negative, try to remind yourself that you're creating a human and give yourself a little bit of grace. And, you know, one way I think about it is I imagine how will I one day want Emerson to look in the mirror? I want him to look in the mirror in that way. So it sounds a little cliche, but I tried to try to do that. Yep. I love that. That's definitely important. Um, I think also, you know, 
we kind of already talked about some of the emotional swings that happen that can be pretty wild. Um, expect those. And I also think communicating with your partner about how they can best support you during this. Huge, huge. Because my husband actually, he read up a lot about postpartum depression. I think he was concerned, you know, if that was to ever happen. He had a good friend that had that situation. And we talked about it beforehand. We talked about what were the best ways he could support me. And if I, you know, seemed this way, what was really helpful and what could he do and what should he look out for. And so it was really helpful to be on the same page and just know that, he, he was there to support me. So, yeah, that's great to share. And absolutely just know, go into this, knowing you're going to be emotional and there's going to be those ups and downs and, and, and also that- know when it's too far, because I think I hear a lot of people, a lot of women talk about postpartum anxiety that they really suffered through that they probably should have sought some support or some help, you know, or postpartum depression. And so I think knowing a little bit more being educated about where that line is between these are baby blues and yeah, no, this is something that's really taking away from your experience and that you need some further um, help with. There's nothing wrong with that. And I can tell you again, at my six week appointment, there was no asking about my mental health. There was nothing nope, about zero. postpartum depression. I got zero. So that's not an adequate, um, yeah. No, that's way too. That's honestly very well said. I went, um, I, I should really look back at the date. When was the exact date of my very first appointment starting to see um a therapist again postpartum I want to say it was maybe around the five or six month mark and it was tremendously helpful for me I just started to recognize I was getting some of that anxiety that was reminding me of exactly what you just said Emma stuff that I'd read about postpartum anxiety etc and I wanted to to really tackle it so and and yes it's a huge hassle as a new mom to try to make an appointment to, to try to figure it out and to coordinate with either a nanny or my husband like no it's not easy but is it worth it absolutely and so I think that it's important to to make those things happen and we just touched on a little bit but also you know being able to really speak your mind when the emotions flow like if you're feeling a certain way just say it name it call it out and have that friend you can talk to like Emma you were that friend to me many many a time like just to be able to say like I'm experiencing this right now and I just need somebody to hear it and then a friend might kick back a little bit of reality for you which can be refreshing or they could kick back another way to you know perceive it or you know, maybe some suggestions or also just to say, hey, like you're sounding a little bit, you know, enter adjective here. I think maybe this is something you might want to talk to somebody about, et cetera, which can also be really important to hear sometimes too. Yep. Don't suffer in silence or, or you know, just, just be okay with the emotions that are going to come. They're not good or bad. You're not a good or bad mom for feeling X, Y, and Z and, and being able to talk about it is so important and kind of just to wrap it up as you just spoke on, you know, make sure you surround yourself with people that are really supportive, that know you, that, you know, are, are there for you, number one, and, you know, be mindful of following people that you're going to fall into the comparison trap with. That's really not helpful during that stage where you're going through so much change. And so, yeah, whether that be on Instagram, Facebook, social media type stuff, or even, I mean, I hate to say it, but be mindful of the friends. If there's those friends that do kind of make you feel less than, or you feel like you're battling with on being the perfect mom or whatever, you know, just, just be careful, um, the situations you put yourself in. So focus on being with people that are 100% there to support and love you and know the real you and yeah, just want to see you happy. Yeah. And sometimes it takes diving just a little bit deeper, saying to a friend, you know, or really asking a friend, you know, Hey, how are you doing with this? Or opening up and sharing something. And sometimes it does take being a little bit vulnerable with a friend in order to move beyond the pleasantries. And in many cases that is worth it in a friendship. So, and I think that's one of the most amazing things about motherhood is it has made me deepen my friendships with people. Um, I mean, you, for example, because yeah, motherhood is raw. Motherhood's real. It's mm-hmm. not all perfect and rainbows and sunshine. And it's also some of the highest highs. And so it really can um, yield beautiful relationships when you are just kind of open about it. Yep, absolutely. Well, so. thank you all so much for joining us. It was a fun topic to chat about and discuss. And this is certainly something that we both really wish that we had heard. We'd heard bits and pieces of probably a lot of the things we shared tonight, but thinking of them all as a collective unit would hopefully be helpful for mamas, both expectant mamas and mamas who are currently in the trenches. So we are here for you. ABC's of Matrescence community is also here to support you and to share our own experiences with motherhood. So as always, if you would kindly
kindly rate and review us. It does make a significant difference. In addition to following us on Instagram at ABCs and Matrescence. And if you like a post, if you like something we share, feel free to share it. Feel free to tag your friends. Just help get the name out and share a little bit more about what we are doing here. So as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so much, guys, and we will be back soon.